I hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to Adoptee Meets World. If you're a returning listener, I'm so excited to have you back. And if you're new and checking out AMW for the first time, welcome to the family. I'm your host, Addie. In this podcast, I discuss the experiences and nuances of life from the Chinese-American adoptee perspective. Today, I'll be talking about a highly requested topic. Am I supposed to feel grateful about my adoption? Many times we have friends, family, and even strangers telling us how grateful we must be or should be because we were adopted. But are we really obligated to be thankful for something that was so far out of our control? Stick around and I'll share with you about how I may or may not feel grateful about my adoption. Before we jump in all the way, I want to take a quick moment to throw a couple of things out there. First of all, we are still in a pandemic and it's not a hoax. I'm a huge mask and social distancing advocate because I do believe that they will help drop the numbers of cases and other countries have seen the evidence. I don't think risking any life so that we don't have to deal with the slight discomfort of wearing a mask is worth it. I've seen the argument that it's our right to not wear a mask, but it could also be deadly to someone else if you don't. I'm having a hard time grappling with this I don't care what other people think or want idea and it's all about me and myself. We don't know who the people are around us. They could be primary caregivers, pregnant, have an autoimmune disease or other, or be in another position where for somebody to not wear a mask, it could put them at a really high risk, higher than the majority of the rest of us. That being said, we are all at risk. So please continue to wear masks. If you aren't wearing a mask, please start wearing one. Practice your social distancing. Be cautious until there's a vaccine out there so we can return to a new normal please continue practicing these methods to help lower the the cases. If you already know someone who's had COVID or know someone who's passed of COVID, you know how serious this is. Please continue speaking up and sharing with everybody how serious this virus is because it is not a joke. Many people have lost their lives. People are dealing with long-term side effects and long-term health effects of the virus and I don't want that to happen to anybody unfortunately it is just because we are not taking the necessary precautions also I regret not saying something about this sooner so I apologize but I'm trying to take the opportunity to mention this now John Lewis who was a civil rights leader did pass away on July 17th John Lewis played a big part in the march in Washington. He was one of the six leaders who helped organize this march, and he was also one of the original Freedom Riders. And he was a member of the United States House of Representatives from 1987 until 2020. I had just watched Barack Obama give his eulogy, and I think it's really important that as we are having this discussion of of Black Lives Matter and news feeds are turning back to normal, how we honor him and this movement and how we pay our respects to the violence that people are experiencing in the lives that are being lost. We should also think about the positive work that has been done and try to use it as a platform to continue. I'm guilty of not knowing much about him before his death and I regret that, but I'm really trying to take this opportunity to learn more about him. I know the quick overview I gave was just a couple of highlights There's no way I can highlight everything he did in his life in a podcast and really do it justice. I do not know close to everything about black history in the United States. And I want to share with you that I'm also on 
this journey to learn more. John Robert Lewis is another person that we really need to educate ourselves on and be aware of the work he did so that we can continue it in honor of him with his spirit and mind and to be thankful that there were people to help pave this road so that change is happening. I know right now the world especially here in the United States, things are looking really scary. There's violence. There are unmarked police cars taking protesters. And I'm completely disgusted with even the fat, like just even fathoming unmarked police cars being out there taking protesters. And I'm in disbelief that people are being killed and injured over protesting, which is a right that we have. And even though we have come a long way since the 1960s when the civil rights movement happened and we still have so fucking far to go to even have it in history books that are going to be published probably in the next couple of years that there was a time in 2020 when police cars, unmarked police cars were accepted by some of the people in this country to arrest protesters violently. I just, I have no words for it because I never thought that this would be a thing. So I think all of us who are at home safe, myself included, should be incredibly thankful and recognize that they're literally putting their lives on the line so that they can have the rights that they know they deserve, that we should all know they deserve. They should not have to let shit go because calling the police is a life or death situation. They should not be in a position where they're, they, they are living in this country as United States citizens. And maybe if, even if they're not United States citizens, they're living in this country and they should feel protected by their leaders. And I am just... I have no words to describe how upset, upset doesn't even come close to how I'm feeling. But there, I cannot, I'm just in disbelief. I don't, <laughs> I never even thought that this would happen. And maybe this is naive of me, but I never thought that this would happen in the United States, at least. I thought we were grounded enough to, yes, continue fighting for our, our for civil rights and to a degree, things really haven't changed since the 60s or since slavery because although there are new laws in place to supposedly protect our black community, when when the police officers and our leaders in office aren't protecting them, it's showing the reality that they are not being given the same chances as people of other races. I really think it's important to recognize the United States that we're living in right now because it's not peaceful. There is such an intense lack of freedom. There is prejudice, racism. But as someone who has benefited from white parents, I really have a lot of guilt. And that's my own personal thing to deal with. I'm not trying to have people make me feel better, but I do recognize that I have benefited a lot from my white parents because a lot of the time until people see my face my name looks white so when it comes to my job interviews when it comes to applying to colleges when I'm looking white on paper until they see my physical face I am benefiting from this white privilege and 
I feel guilty because I know that a lot of people in the black community do not get that. But with my privilege and with everybody else who has privileges, the black community doesn't experience, it's our responsibility to use that privilege and that power to fight with them. And I know I went on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think it's really important that I share with you my raw feelings regarding what's happening right now because the violence and hatred and prejudice going on, you should be feeling upset and hurt and uncomfortable with it. You should be wanting to change it and you should be actively finding ways you can change it. If you can't go out and protest, there are petitions you can sign online. If you're able to financially support, you can donate. You can send emails to your representatives. You can have conversations with your friends and family. It is not just about going out to protest because yes, that is a really head-on way to approach this, but having conversations within your own community, I also believe is incredibly important. So please, so please, I really urge you to find ways to support the black community. If you want to share how you're doing it, I would love to hear and get new perspectives on how I can support. Don't stop fighting alongside the black community because they are our siblings We need to take care of them and we need to help them fight for the justice that they deserve. So now let's get into today's topic. Am I supposed to feel grateful for my adoption? Just going to preface this with this is from my own experience. There's definitely not a right or wrong way to feel about your adoption. Parents, if you're listening, please, as always, take this with a grain of salt. It's my own experience. If you want to know more about your child's experience, try opening a thoughtful conversation where there's no defensiveness. It's genuine curiosity, genuine care, and acceptance. I really do think that that's the best way to have these conversations because if you really want to understand the truth of your child, you need to listen. Even though some things they may say might hurt, you can't take that personally because what they're telling you is a part of their adoption experience. What happened to them and how they were brought into your family and how they were separated from their birth family was completely out of their control. And it's really important to respect how they process all of that trauma. This episode, I don't believe, is going to be super triggering, but it's going to be really honest in that I will be reminding ourselves of previous traumas that have happened. Getting into it, the general idea of adoption is that a Caucasian family adopts a child of color from an underfunded orphanage in a developing country and the assumption is that when a child is adopted it's going to go to a western country whether it be the united states maybe a place in europe and again general idea this is a generalization i know it's not exactly how it is for everybody i know of families who adopted their children where both parents are not white or neither of the parents are white so again generalization um But what is left out of that picture is the traumas that had to happen. And I know I talk about this, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but for a family to come together through adoption, there's immense trauma that happened to the child before the adoptive family came into that child's life. There was a separation from the birth mother. There could have been abuse. There could have been neglect. There was lack of love and attention and physical touch. So with a small baby, especially when they're in that critical developmental stage, 
attention, touch, interaction, those are really key things to their development in the long term. So when people just immediately assume how grateful I must be to have been adopted and saved from some horrible condition that I may or may not have been in or come from, it's honestly just kind of annoying because people are making these uneducated guesses as to how I'm feeling about a really significant thing in my life. These people can can consist of family, friends, or even strangers. You know, you might be walking in a grocery store or something with your child and somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, is your child adopted? And you respond with a yes and they're initial reaction is, oh, you're so lucky, your kid must be so grateful, blah, 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 blah. And it's throwing out these assumptions, I think, that society has been feeding people surrounding adoption. It's, like I said earlier, it's ignoring the traumas and losses that had to happen for your family to come together. Many times, documents adoption documents are falsified at least in China and so even though a child may not remember I still believe that their body is holding those memories and it's kind of like a chain reaction it's affecting what happens how they react to things how they feel about things even though we don't always know these stories of how a child is separated from their birth families we can't assume automatic gratefulness because Sometimes in adoption, as you might learn if you continue your research, there's a lot of human trafficking involved and a child might be taken from its family unwillingly and put into an orphanage. The orphanage advertises to Western families that there are babies who need families, they're orphans, they don't have parents anymore, but in reality what the orphanage isn't telling these perspective adoptive families is that these babies do have families and that the babies were taken away unwillingly from their biological family. That trauma alone is really prevalent between the birth family and the child if we're looking at the triad. Again, if you don't know what the adoption triad is, it consists of the adoptive parents, the biological parents, and the child. A lot of the times we also don't know is if a child was removed from the family due to pressure from other family or friends, a spouse. In China specifically, there were really intense family planning policies with the one-child policy. We don't always know the context of the trauma, but if you have a general idea of the historical context of the country you're adopting from, that historical context is a part of why your child is with you today and to ignore that and pretend that didn't happen and pretend that it's this light fluffy little fairy tale about how you got your baby from another country is really erasing a lot of what happened. My younger self, I don't know if I would really say I was grateful. I think because I was so young I wasn't really processing the historical context of China when I was adopted. I was just thinking, I'm here right now with my parents. I know that I have a biological family. I don't know about them, but this is what I know and this is cool. Like I was I was fine with it. 
If you listen to past episodes, you do know that as I was younger and growing up, up until now, I definitely had some difficulty and a little and grieving that happened when I was processing that my birth mother had left me. But at this age, again, I wasn't particularly grateful or ungrateful, just kind of what it was. At the end of high school, after beginning my work with the nonprofit, I gained a sense of gratefulness because I was seeing an orphanage and children's home in Honduras and I was getting a better understanding of what happens when you're in another part of the world and your family either temporarily or permanently can't take care of you. And so with that, I was really thankful because a lot of these kids were older. They were past the baby age, which is the age a lot of families want to adopt. So watching these kids still be in the children's home and not with either their biological family or in another household where it's in a more nuclear family style setting was really sobering to me. And I realized that because of my adoption, I had a numerous amount of opportunities that I most likely wouldn't have had had I had to age and phase out of the Chinese adoption system. As I moved through college a little bit more, I wrestled with anger and sadness and gratitude towards the adoption. I know I was an art major, so some of my work during that time was reflective of the adoption. And when I'm trying to process something, I'm very fact-based. I like to know the concrete things and what is and isn't black and white. The more abstract things don't exactly help me. So I was really starting to get interested in how the separation, the physical separation between a mother and her biological child affected the individuals mentally. And from my side, I knew that it caused a lot of mixed feelings. I was starting to think about the physical separation and how that affects the body, the hormones, development, initial senses of security and acceptance. And through my art, I was able to process that a little bit more. During college, I think I was definitely back again on the neutral side. I knew, I understood that I had opportunities X, Y, and Z that again, I probably wouldn't have had had I stayed in China, but I was also beginning to just accept what had happened versus really dive into was I thankful or not. I had a more positive attitude, but I still feel like I don't really, to a degree, I feel like I don't necessarily owe anybody anything because when a parent has a child, I I know that might sound really selfish, but when a parent has a child, adoption or biological, it's their responsibility to raise that person into a decent human being and someone who can contribute to society. At the same time, I was thankfully never abused. I was given like pretty good educational opportunities. I had extracurriculars and I was handed a pretty good deck of cards, but my parents also went through a separation and divorce. We had our own internal family conflicts. Nothing was perfect. And I don't think any family is going to be perfect. I just don't think that's possible. But regardless, I still had my own challenges. So I think now my sense of gratitude has grown a little bit. I'm thankful for the opportunities that I was given, but I'm cautiously thankful. I understand that when I was adopted, there was a one-child policy and really intense family planning. I know that 
women were being forced to abort full-term babies. Babies were being hidden and discarded. Understanding that I had, I guess, avoided that, but there could have been unknown intention where someone wanted to do that to me, it's a little haunting. Again, maybe that's where this battle of am I grateful or not comes to play because I guess, yes, I am grateful that I escaped that, but knowing the one-child policy is part of my history and part of why I'm here in the United States today, knowing that it's traumatizing and painful and it's not just something in a textbook for me. It literally dictated why I'm here in the United States today. I think if you are feeling grateful for your adoption, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a really positive way to process your adoption however it happened from wherever you are in your adoption story. I think if you are grateful, that is completely okay. I'm not going to tell you how you should feel about something that happened to you. You were the one who, who still currently has to deal with that trauma of the separation. You're the one dealing with a possible identity crisis. You're not really sure where you fit in the culture of your birth country or the country you were adopted to. To be grateful for your adoption or not grateful is those two are both really valid things. You can also feel a mix. Maybe you're grateful for the opportunities that you have and that maybe you have a good home, good parents, good education, but you're also upset and not grateful because of the past that you hold. I know for me, I think, do I really want the one-child policy to be part of my past? I mean, not necessarily. It's a really disturbing time in history. At the same time, had that not happened, there's a really good chance I would still be in China and I wouldn't be who I am today. And I don't want to change where I'm at today because I feel like, you know, even though we're in a pandemic, I'm unemployed and all those things, I feel like I'm at a really good place and I've done a lot of growth that I don't know would have been possible had I not been adopted, had the one-child policy not been a part of my life, had I not had the adoption group support system when I was growing up. Growing up in a mostly white community where I looked completely different from my peers and my family, I think really gave me a level of character that I most likely would not have had had I grown up in an environment where I looked like everybody else, where I spoke my native language, where my culture and how I looked matched. If I had those more mainstream experiences, I wonder if I would really have this same level of appreciation for things that I do today. I also noticed that there are things that I don't take for granted that I see a lot of other people taking for granted. For example, like we covered in our previous series, looking like your family. I think that's something in my adoption that I don't really know if I'm grateful for. I think it would be really cool, just simply cool, to look at somebody else in my family and be like, holy crap, we look like. By not having the little details that a lot of other biologically related families have, it doesn't put a dent on my relationship with my family, but it definitely puts it at a different angle. There are certain things that I've had to learn to work through on my own just because my family can't relate. For example, the racism in elementary school. At that time, I didn't even know comments were racist. I didn't know that it wasn't exactly normal or okay to be going through those things. 
to have my eyes made fun of, to have my nose made fun of. As I grew up, that's when I learned more of what it meant to be Asian American in the United States and in a really predominantly Caucasian town. So am I thankful for those experiences? I mean, I guess it's taught me a lot about society and what people think of me when they first see me. It's taught me where I need to have thicker skin, where I need to learn to speak up, where I need to start advocating for myself more. Do I think my life was would be easier had I not had to deal with these things? Yeah, probably. But having dealt with racism and prejudice and things like that, I'm thankful because this adoption has given me an opportunity to be more aware of what happens in the world. Racism is still really real, that people still hold these assumptions and prejudices. So should you be grateful for your adoption? No. You should feel how you want to feel. I mean, I don't want you to sit here and be like, oh yes, Addie's saying that I can be angry and upset and pissed off for the rest of my life. No, I don't want you to feel like that. I want you to, yes, hold any grief and anger that you do feel, but I don't want that to overpower any positive feelings. You are allowed to feel grateful. You are allowed to feel lucky and happy and thankful. But if you don't feel all those feelings, that is really okay. It's part of how you're processing this trauma that was so significant and that happened at such an early stage in your life. Most likely, probably within the first few days or months of your life. And those, again, I think are really critical moments in our development and how we learn to build relationships later on. We're being taken from our sole provider because our birth mother's you know, if she's able to, she would be feeding us, caring for us, bathing us, giving us attention, love. And when we lose that and we go into a system like a social welfare institute where we're crammed in a room with a bunch of other babies, cribs are being doubled because there's not enough space, there's only a couple caregivers per 10 plus babies, we could lose the ability and ease of building strong relationships later in life just due to these separations and being cared for at this odd distance. When we tell adoptees that they should be thankful or tell them that, that they should be feeling a certain way, it's really kind of alienating them because it's an invalidation of their experiences and their raw feelings towards something that is so present in their life you're telling them how they should feel a certain way about something that you yourself have never experienced. We wouldn't tell somebody how to feel if they're going through a divorce if we've never been through one or a death or something. These are all really intense and sensitive areas of life that need to be dealt with however a person needs to deal with it. Now, with that said, just be careful of regulating your coping mechanisms. Make sure you're not harming yourself or harming anybody else or in a dangerous position because at that point professional help is definitely encouraged and it's not something to be shameful about but if you're feeling like you're just not grateful or you're really grateful make sure you take a close look at why you're grateful or why you're not grateful and decide for yourself am I leaning too far to an extreme one side or the other or do I feel like this is a good balance for me? Feeling grateful towards an adoption is a very personal thing. This episode is just how I feel towards my adoption. 
like I said at this point, I'm a little, I'm about neutral. I acknowledge the history that I hold and how it's affected where I'm at today, literally and emotionally. But it's also taken a really long time to get to this point and to find where that balance is for me between thankfulness and and more negative feelings. So for you, I hope that you find your own way to process the gratitude or you're able to find a balance between feelings of gratitude and acknowledging more dark sides of adoption. It's definitely not an easy thing to navigate because there's so many little dips and spikes in where you can be grateful for something and resent another thing. These experiences that each of us hold as adoptees are incredibly individualized and unique to us. So even as another adoptee, there's no way I can tell you if you should be feeling grateful or not, but that's for you to decide within yourself. Are there things in this life where you are so thankful that you have that you don't know if you would have had Otherwise, are there things that you wish you didn't have that you do have? This battle of trying to decide if we're grateful or not, I don't think it should be at one extreme or another. I think there needs you need to find that internal balance and whatever that means for you. And it can change over time. It's not something that's static. One thing in life could trigger you maybe 5, 10, 20 years down the road that hasn't happened yet. And with that trigger, it could really change your outlook on the adoption, which is totally okay. Um, Let me know if you're feeling grateful or not, if you're up to sharing. I would really like to hear from other perspectives and learn, maybe even challenge my own thoughts and feelings. At this point in time, I am feeling pretty balanced between my gratitude for the adoption as well as my recognition for the reality of what happened. Another thing that really helps me keep content going for this podcast is hearing from you. So like I said, please send in any thoughts or feelings you have about this episode. I would really love to hear from you. I did a poll in a Facebook group that I'm on about certain topics and that was incredibly successful. So that is giving me some direction as to what you all like to hear about. My inbox is always open. You can email me at adopteemeetsworld at gmail.com. The same goes for my Instagram where you can find me at adopteemeetsworld underscore. Feel free to comment, send me a message. It can be feedback or ideas, maybe thoughts, feelings. So if you're open to it, I'd like to share what you write in on this podcast. If you want your name taken out, I'm more than happy to do so to protect your privacy. But again, it's just about getting these other perspectives because as many guests as I can have on here, as much as I can share what I know, it is not nearly enough to really get a good grasp on what others are thinking. So if you can, give this episode five stars. I really hope that it's had some sort of positive impact on you, your family, or friends. So stay tuned for next Friday's episode where I'll be tackling my identity crisis that many adoptees probably have early on in life. Thank you. Bye.